Welcome back, agents. Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast comfortably from your own phone or computer. You can also record with friends or on your own. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so you can have your show heard on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership. And it's everything you need to make your own podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the Fangirl Files podcast, agents. I'm Madison. And I'm Sabrina. And today we're going to be discussing WandaVision because our opinions have really changed since the last time we uh, threw it in here. Yep. I'm not going to eat my words. Um, oh, I, so- <laughs> I am going to have my, I had my words for dinner. Mm. I had my words for dinner last week and today they they died. Yeah, they digested. Yeah, I was definitely proven wrong because we watched the episode seven together um, at Sabrina's place. And I, I, that episode was so good. I think it's the best episode that we've seen so far. I feel so like episode six was even more for me. Yeah, episode six was pretty good, but yeah, I'm trying to remember what happened in episode six. It was the uh, Halloween episode where uh, Quicksilver came back as oh, Evan Peters. Sure. Yeah, and well, then Evan Peters came back as Quicksilver. Yeah, and then Vision was trying to get like we watched Vision die <laughs> for a third time. The third time, yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that's why I'm technically not like completely trying to eat my words here, but yeah. at the same time, I'm kind of like. I'm, I'm, it's getting better. It is getting better. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode was not good. I think we can settle on that opinion and have it be concrete. The first, the first episode, even the second, was not that good. Mm. My my thing is, I didn't think the first four episodes were that good, <laughs> but I Sabrina disagrees. It's not that I thought they were good. I thought the second episode was kind of bad too, but also. I could see where it was building because when they sent the helicopter through or when she found the helicopter that uh, S.W.O.R.D. sent through and it was the only thing in color, I immediately was like, that's interesting. Why is it the only thing on the screen in color? Yeah. It must be from somewhere that's not here. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's getting scared. And so that for me was like a red flag or like a green light going off like, this is going to get better. This has room to develop. And it was still a bad episode. The third episode was still underwhelming. But I could see the room for growth, and that's kind of what hooked me in. Yeah, I mean, that's my that's my thing about why I didn't really enjoy WandaVision, because it felt a lot, a lot of its purpose felt like it was saying, like, hey, we have a big plot twist coming. And so that mm-hmm. made it feel like a lot of the show was being dragged out. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that problem lies in the fact that Marvel was not very good at setting up the sitcom version of it. We had to sit through like 60 minutes counting all three of those episodes, um, watching Wanda and Vision sort of solve like trivial problems. And right. none of those ever really seemed to like develop them in any like substantial way. Like we had the dinner scenes, the magic scenes and the birthing scenes. And all of these segments, it didn't really teach them any lessons and it didn't really draw the viewer in the only reason why i was watching in particular is because i was looking for those clues and trying to figure out the mystery portion of it 
I think for me in particular, I think it was the mystery portion of it, especially after the ending of the first episode where they switch off the TV and you're kind of like, how are they being watched? What's going on? Is this a simulation? Yeah. That's what kind of kept me going. But also it was the fact that I think what Marvel was playing into was everyone. And I mean, everyone on the internet wanted more of Wanda and Vision's relationship. Yeah. Because the only real glimpses we got were in Civil War when um, they're keeping Wanda in um, Stark Tower and telling her not to leave and her and Vision are like cooking in the kitchen and doing all that fun stuff. And then at the beginning of Infinity War when they're on the run. Yeah. And that's really all we see of their relationship until the end of Infinity War where he dies. Yeah. And so everyone's like, wait, but what is that relationship like? It's so upsetting that they didn't get more time together, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I think Marvel was trying to do. Because I think that was a big part of the appeal for the WandaVision show was we get to see these characters who we loved as a pairing and a character like Vision and an actor like Paul Bettany that everybody loved who are now back. And I think that was a big part of like the sitcom element of it was people wanted to see, oh, look, they can have this happy life. Yeah. I mean, that, I definitely agree with that. I was wanting to see more of their relationship, and I did want Wanda to sort of go from a supporting character to someone who had, like, a very interesting or, like, substantial character arc. But my problem with the show in particular is the fact that um, it's Wanda's fantasy world, and so that doesn't, it didn't give the relationship a lot of room to, like, really develop in a meaningful way, um, because you're watching, like, since the problems are so trivial within the sitcom and it is like a fantasy world, like none of those problems really develop the characters or show them like working together in a way where you feel like you relate to them or where you feel connected to them. Like, I feel like what they could have done is have her memories around the time of being like criminals sort of be developed further because then like we as the viewers can like watch them go on dates or escape from law enforcement and fall in love with like vision the same way that she did. And that way we get so invested in our love story that we don't see like the plot twist coming and we feel the distress that she does when like bam this is a reality she created and she has to let this person go and we could have understood her pain on a much deeper level because we have fallen in love with vision ourselves as the viewers i think i that had never occurred to me as a concept for a show but now that you say it that would have been a much better show idea Mm -hmm. i think the reason that they did the sitcom the way they've done it though is because if you think about it, yeah, sitcoms now and TV shows now leave room for characters and relationships to grow and change and develop. But in the 1950s, relationships were very trivial, especially on TV. It was never like, oh, this big problem, like we're facing divorce, we're facing like this big enemy, especially like on a sitcom with a housewife and a husband and the mm-hmm. kids, you know, it wasn't like this big whole problem. It was just like, what are the kooky neighbors doing this time? It's, and I think that's what they were trying to capture is in this world, that's who they are. Yeah. She wanted them to have this normal life. And I don't think she necessarily wanted them to be in the 1950s and 60s when it happened. And I think due to the time period, that's why there wasn't much going on. That might have been my problem with it is that they were trying to capture those elements. And I think they did them pretty well because they did like the cheesy acting and like the neighbors like randomly coming in to help. Um, But for me, I don't feel like I could have related to those scenarios. I don't feel like I could have connected to them in any way because those time periods are so different. And so I think 
that was just sort of where I stood with the first three episodes. Of course, I think it gets a lot better because the mystery element, they do a fantastic job at, but that was just sort of my problems with it. I, yeah, I mean, I think my problem with it was the acting is so bad, especially in 1950s and 60s sitcoms in general, it is very staged acting, or at least it seems like, and I was very, like, thrown by it because Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are remarkable actors, especially in these characters that they've been playing for years. Yeah. Like, they know these characters really, really well. And I was like, why does this seem so forced? Like, Wanda doesn't behave in this fragile, frail, where is my husband? What is my husband doing? Kind of way. She's like, you better move out of my way or I'll take you out. Like, Mm -hmm. that's who Wanda is. And Vision is very analytical and to the point and doesn't really settle into an environment very well or at least that's how I see him he's not confrontational by any means he's much more of a pacifist but he's not meant to be in like a working class scenario like they put him in the show so that's what threw me for a loop but I think they were just trying to capture like the sitcom element of it and deliberately especially with what we know goes on later in the show deliberately have fans be like this is the strangest thing i've ever seen yeah why are they behaving this way and i think that adds to the like element of mystery of it because nobody is used to seeing wanda maximoff behave as frail and Hmm. you know breakable yeah nobody is used to seeing her that way and so i think that's why the show was done in the way that it is but i feel like you're right if we had seen them on the run like pre-Civil War and how Cap and Sam kind of found them Mm -hmm. like at the beginning of Infinity War. Did I say pre-Civil War? I meant meant pre-Infinity War, you guys. But um, like seeing them pre-Infinity War falling in love and like post-Civil War, I think that would have been a much more like productive use of time because then if you wanted Wanda and Vision to have a love story, then obviously you could get to know more about Vision because truly you don't really know more, know a lot about Vision. Yeah. By the time he dies. It's basically, he's introduced through Ultron. He's there during Civil War and he's there during Infinity War in brief spurts. But you don't really get attached to his character unless you've read the comic books. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, yeah. Um, And that's not to say like, it's bad because they didn't do that. It's just like, as we said, it's more so the fact that like, I don't know if we can necessarily relate to that environment or feel a connection to those characters because a lot of like, I hate to do this comparison, but like when you think of friends, like as a sitcom, people enjoy watching it because they feel connected to those characters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the scenarios that they introduce, even though they are wacky, um, they have elements of like drawing you in like the Thanksgiving episode to where like, you know, Monica's trying to cook a great dinner. Um, Rachel's she, she trying to 10 different kinds of mashed potatoes. Yeah. The three mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like someone wants tots. Someone wants them with lumps. Someone wants them with green beans. Like, yeah. Wants, you know, you, like that's a very relatable thing. Yeah. And you have Rachel trying to get to her family and like Chandler hates the holiday because like he has that one thing. Like you just, you when you watch that episode you sort of are like wanting them to achieve those things and so when that trivial problem of them getting locked out happens you're so frustrated with like with that happening because again you just wanted them to succeed and at the end of the day when they finally like realize oh this is like a shit situation that we're in um but we're together in this like 
I don't know how many family vacations I've had that have sort of happened in that way, like where it's like, oh, this vacation like <laughs> is is shit right now, but yeah. at least it's shit where we're all partaking in it. It's just you feel connected to the characters in the story. But right. with WandaVision, it didn't seem that way. Like, again, we were more so looking at the clues than sitting and enjoying the podcast and not the podcast, the episode. And that made it feel like a chore for me. And I think that that's very much so what they were trying to do, though, because I think they meant for us to feel disconnected from Wanda and Vision because as I said Wanda isn't typically like this mm-hmm. like you saw and they say in the show Monica says in this sh- in the show she could have taken down Thanos all by herself mm-hmm. and so I don't see Wanda as again this like 1950s housewife that's not who she is she's not meant to be prim and proper she's meant to be Wanda mm-hmm. and so that's why there was a disconnect I don't think it was deliberate and I don't think I, I mean I do think it was deliberate and I don't think it was like an error on the writer's part I think they deliberately made it hard to like hard to grasp and hard to relate to because they wanted us to see there's a pattern here why are they switching decades why does everything look different and why are the characters confused by this mm. Because even Wanda, you see, like, as the series goes on, every morning she wakes up a little confused as to how everything has changed. That's true. That's true. And I think I think they've done it really well in the sense of they've had the characters deal with these problems as in, like, a psychological problem rather than an outward problem that they're dealing with together. Because Wanda and Vision are both dealing with separate psychological problems. With Wanda, it's the grief of losing Pietro and Vision, as well as how did I create this world and what is happening to me? Mm -hmm. And then with vision, it's like these sudden bursts of remembering or like seeing other people remember and being like, why is everybody acting out of character acting like Wanda is controlling them? Yeah. Or like what happened beforehand? How did we get here? What was my life like? And then it's like the moral struggle. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of what it is for Mm -hmm. me. And that's why by episode Three, I think it was when um, Monica showed up in the hex. Hmm. Was that episode three? I think that was when they went to the uh, like pool club meeting with all those moms. And then like she was there. I think that was three. It was either two or three. I think it was three because at the end of three, Monica passes out outside of the bubble. Hmm. And then oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. That was, for me, why it, was, it wasn't a bad episode. Because at the end, she goes, you had a brother. He was killed by Ultron, right? Mm. And that kind of snaps Wanda out of it. And she's like, what the heck? And for me, it was like, oh, this is weird. Like, yeah, how, like clearly Wanda is locked in a bubble and she still remembers who she is. This isn't like a separate thing like a or, simulation or, right it's not a it's not a simulation her memory hasn't been wiped she knows who she is and what her past is but she just doesn't want to remember yeah and so she sends monica back out and i also like the motif of how everyone acts as if wanda's the one controlling them yeah but before i say anything about that because i'm sure we'll get to that like I enjoy the fact that they are still integrating characters past into the show rather than just the um, movies. Because I never saw Agent Carter like the show. Hmm. So I don't know how many past characters they integrated into that. But I was not, of all people, expecting Monica Rambo. for those of you who don't know, is Lieutenant Trouble in um, Captain Marvel, which is a, 
um, Carol's best friend, Maria, her daughter. Mm. I wasn't expecting her to come out of this and be kind of the head of the new shield. I wasn't either. I thought they were going to wait a little bit on that, but can I just say like seeing a dark skinned black woman on screen is everything. Like I oh, love yeah. that they they're doing that and they're finally integrating like not finally cuz we have Black Panther but you know it's good to see that they're going to continue with right. diversity in that direction. And I'm sure that Shuri is going to have a like increasingly more important role as phase 4 rolls out we're on phase 4, yeah. On, I hope so. I think yeah. we're on phase 4. Uh, I, right? It's phase 4 now. Yes, it's phase 4. Yeah. Well, on phase four, and I think she's, I hope she's going to have an increasingly more important role, especially now that um, T'Challa's gone, as upsetting as it is for me <laughs> and all of us, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she's going to have a more important role, but it was really nice for me to see, because especially during Endgame, when Captain Marvel comes back to Earth to help with the war, I was wondering, when is Maria going to enter into this, and where is her daughter? Mm. Where are they? Because she wouldn't come back to earth without seeing them, especially because the first thing that Carol says when she gets back to earth in Endgame is where is fury? Yeah. So she's obviously looking for people from her old life. So I'm really appreciative of the fact that they somehow incorporated her and her life into the show. Yeah. And that she has a prominent role as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I liked too. I liked the, the role that she's playing because it's like, it's kind of like a woman to woman talk to where like, um, Monica, sorry, the two M names kind of trip me up. Like Monica it has experienced grief with her mother. And so she's trying to, while dealing with her own grief, sort of project that, not project it, but like relate to Wanda and talk Wanda down. Right. Like I'm, I'm happy that it's like kind of a woman to woman conversation and, and they both can sort of relate in terms of the trauma that they've been through and that is starting to at least get to Wanda, even though she says it's not like the fact that Wanda's very angry about Mar- not Maria, Monica bringing that up. Like it just, it's good in my opinion. I like those interactions. Yeah. Or like the minute that she goes, you had a brother and Wanda turns around and goes, what did you say? Yeah. Like, I think the fact that the grief is magnified and that's something unrelated to what you said a little bit, but like speaking to Elizabeth Olsen's acting, mm. The immediate switch from a woman who has had just given birth in this scene to Wanda, who is very cognizant of her old life. And you can see the briefness of her being unhinged in that scene. And I enjoyed that. And I think, like, that's what helps them relate. Because once she exits the hex and sees that, like, this is the same girl who she sent out of the bubble. And she's, you know, ready to take them down. She, like, is very, like cognizant of that grief that is shared between them because i think monica goes up to her and says wanda we can help you yeah whereas the guy the male character i'm forgetting his name but the head of like sword Sword. right now he's like we're gonna get rid of this woman like we don't care what happens to her and can i just say this too i you know i this is kind of unrelated but it, it sort of is at the same time i wish they had a movie between endgame and infinity war showing the consequences of the snap because they keep bringing it up in like all the phase four movies mm-hmm. by saying like well you weren't there when the snap happened i wish we would have seen the consequences of that Thanos snap because whenever i hear about that i don't really relate to these characters that i should relate to because i wasn't there to see what happened during the course of the snap 
I feel like it would have been very interesting had all of the Avengers agreed to an in-between movie. Yeah. Between Infinity and Infinity War and Endgame. Because then you would have seen their personal dealings with the Snap too. Because that's ultimately who you are trying to relate to. Because I believe from what I gather from WandaVision is that Monica snapped out of exi- existence. Yeah. And I would have loved to see how Maria dealt with the Snap. Especially because we find out she had cancer. Yeah. And especially how you know Cap dealt with the Snap. Because Bucky was gone. How everyone dealt with Wanda being gone. With everyone, be- with everyone being gone. With Vision being dead. With Peter being gone, what was Tony's life like on in space mm-hmm. for that year? Maybe not year, but you know what I mean. Immediately after, yeah. And I think like the again, I'm not trying to like say this is what makes it bad, but I think what they could have done is had like maybe a supervillain who lost someone that they loved, like kind of the snap and the consequences of that made them lose control, and so they're trying to get back the people back but their methodology is wrong and do something to where it's kind of like the monica wanda dynamic that we're seeing right now to where the avengers having lost people as well are starting to have to calm down this villain what would have been good is if thanos was like somehow trying to bring gamora back hmm, that yeah i feel like that would be beneficial in some way yeah but i think that would have like gotten rid of thanos his like villainy villainry as a character because he was willing to sacrifice everything and so i feel or like nebula was trying to bring her back because i know that yeah, nebula that isn't cool. like a villain per se by endgame but like she's still not exactly empathetic hmm. completely like she still has some of what thanos drilled into her like programmed into her brain and her and gamora aren't completely on good terms so it would have been interesting to see her kind of spiral after finding out gamora is dead yeah, that yeah, I definitely agree with you there because yeah. we didn't get enough time to see that grief in Endgame, in my opinion. And poor Peter, like Quill, poor Peter Quill. Oh fuck, that's the controversial debate right there with Peter Quill. For no, I mean like after losing Gamora. Oh okay, not in general. Yeah, what do you? Ah oh, God, we're not gonna talk about that. Not today. God. Not today. Oh, he had some pretty bad fandom hatred after. He punched Thanos and completely ruined Infinity War. Truly. Yeah. Okay. What were we talking about? (laughs) Well. Oh, we were talking about the guy villain. Yeah. I wish we would have seen the consequences of the snap so we could understand his perspective. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I'm just kind of like, well, he's an asshole and I don't understand, like, why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and can we talk a little bit about what S.W.O.R.D. is and what we think S.W.O.R.D. is? Mm, Yeah. Because... That was new to me, and that was probably new to you as well, because what I thought of it was that S.W.O.R.D. is now the new S.H.I.E.L.D., because we were discussing this before we recorded the podcast, and we were thinking that S.W.O.R.D. is the new S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. must have fell after everything happened with HYDRA. Yeah. And there must be a reason that Fury is in space. Yeah. And... It looked like he was on vacation. <laughs> I remember in those that. Credits, yeah. I was like, what are you doing in space, sir? <laughs> hey, he deserves a vacation, though. <laughs> Director Fury? Yes. <laughs> we need you on Earth. Come back. Come on. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I feel like if I can theorize about that for a moment, he yeah. might have had some involvement in S.W.O.R.D., even though he did snap out mm. of existence. I feel like he might have had some involvement in S.W.O.R.D. 
as S.H.I.E.L.D. was falling before that happened and is like, okay, this is our contingency plan. So yeah. who's going to be in charge of this? Maria Rambo. Who's going to work under her? Her daughter. Because who does he trust to take over his own job? Yeah. And it would only make sense that Maria would be who he trusts because Carol was his best friend. Yeah. That, wow. I didn't think of that, but that's pretty good. Like <laughs> That came on the fly. That happened right now. High five, yeah. friend. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, but I do think, like, he's he's not... I don't know if like, I think the contingency plan is there, but I think yeah. what he's doing right now is he's kind of expanding, not shield reach. I kind of hesitate to call it shield, but the reason he's in outer space, I think is to try to like expand their understanding of what's actually out there. I think that was a major theory that he's Do you think just Carol's trying involved? to. Yeah. She's probably involved. I would think they probably communicated about it. Yeah. Like he probably has like sent her some sort of message and is like, go to earth. And she did say at, like the, when she came back to earth, like she was saying, well, sorry, I was like helping other civilizations or like, you know, helping other planets. Right. Like your planet's not the only one that exists. I yeah. can't come here immediately. I've been helping other people. Yeah. Other species. So there's something going on in space there, which I I'm fascinated by. I'm interested yeah. in. But and I'm interested to see how that ties into WandaVision. And we're getting kind of off of Wanda's development here, but like I'm interested to see how that ties in because you know the guy that runs Sword looks at Monica and says, I know your past with Captain Marvel. And she mm. kind of cringes away and gets quiet and is like, That aside, like Yeah. This is what I'm here to do. And there's a reason that that's a very uncomfortable topic and for me, it's probably that she couldn't have come back, hmm. like, for them. And, like, she probably always thought that Carol was coming back, and hmm. that never happened. Yeah, I would think that, too, because she was a child when, you yeah. know, Captain Marvel went away. And when you're a kid and someone leaves, you kind of have... And she promised her she would be back. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have a sore spot there and think and about it. And because her mother was sick, she probably expected her to come back. Mm. You know? Yes. She's probably yes. upset and is like, well, where the, where the hell were you when my mother was ill and I was gone for five years? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why isn't she here? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think the other thing I want to talk about is kind of how Wanda developed through the series and she's kind of realizing, I don't understand how I'm doing this. I don't even know what I did. Hmm. And I don't know how he's here right now. Like how Vision is here. But like, I don't want it to stop. Hmm. And can we can we do spoilers in this podcast? Yeah, I'd say because we're yeah yeah we pretty much already did. <laughs> yeah, spoiler warning. But um, Agnes or Agatha, did we know that there was something fishy about her the whole time? Did you? I I started suspecting it maybe episode six and episode seven when we were watching it together. I literally looked at you and I was like, who the fuck is this woman? You were like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I feel like I could sort of see like, oh, Agnes is doing something because all throughout the seasons. Sorry, if I hit the microphone, I keep doing it's that. You're fine. It's okay. Um I could kind of tell like she had something to do because she was acting really odd when you could see her talking with like the neighbor and vision comes out after like did after Wanda gives no yes after Wanda gives birth he kind of walks up to them and Agnes is like whispering in the neighbor's ear like you can tell she's kind of not under the influence of Wanda and she was trying to paint 
Monica as the bad person because she was like, oh, she's new in town and like trying to start rumors. So she's automatically knowing that she also Monica- tried to paint Wanda as the bad person because you remember she walked into the house and is and she did something wrong and she was like, did you want another take? Oh yeah, in front of Vision. Yeah, and that's what turned him against her. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but she's like, that's that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you could tell she's trying to like, she's trying to keep the simulation alive. And I didn't really put that together until episode yeah. seven. And I was like, oh, she has something to do with it. And then they confirmed that she was like Agatha Harkness, Harkness. and. I was like, oh, this puts another, I feel like I have to rewatch it now to see, like, because it puts another twist to it, and it feels like it's playing with my mind. Yeah, and, like, the whole theme song at the end where it's like, it was Agatha all along. Yeah. I was like, like, wait, what? How? What is the, what I enjoy is ever since episode five, they've been leaving it on, like, a or episode three, actually, they've been leaving it on a major cliffhanger. Yeah. One after the other after the other. So it's never suspenseless at this point. Yeah. And I also do like Darcy Lewis's involvement in the whole thing, Mm. if I may mention that really quick. I enjoyed the fact that she was there because that also sets up the rest of the MCU because we know that Jane is going to assume... Thor, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's another thing is, like, the fact that she's involved sets up that whole side of the universe as well as, like, of course you would need one of the doctors to come in and kind of analyze this radio frequency that's coming from this one little tiny town that seemingly doesn't exist. Yeah. So I like, again, how they're incorporating all of these characters. I do, too. Yeah. It feels like it feels like all the connections are coming together. And that's also another thing I enjoyed. Like, you could see where the clues were coming from, like, why the person was in the sewer, where the drone happened to come from. Like, you can see everything sort of tying together, which is why yeah. I enjoyed the mystery portion more so than the sitcom portion. Do we think that Wanda is under Agatha's influence? I think in some ways, because as you said, she's she's kind of like, how did I get here? Like, she seems confused about certain things. But I think Wanda, at the same time, maybe certain elements of her grief are being manipulated to make her, you know, not be able to see what's really going on until yeah. this episode. I think, I feel like the reason I'm thinking she's being manipulated is because you remember in episode two, when the guy comes out of the sewer mm. and she goes, no. And the entire thing rewinds. Mm. Like, I feel like instead of her being like, no, don't ruin this for me, that was a no. It was almost possessed. Yeah. Like, probably Agnes possessing her to be like, nothing ruins this illusion. Mm. And I feel like Wanda's almost under the influence, and I feel like Agatha may have even resurrected Vision herself. I don't know if he's dead Mm. anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And that's my theory about Quicksilver too was that s- some outside person put him in there because when he showed up, she seemed very confused and a bit distraught. And he was saying like, oh, my role is to like come in and sort of create chaos with the family. So I yeah. think he's trying to distract Wanda from figuring things out. And as much as he was a distraction for like vision, not to like go past I the boundaries. I think it's a trick of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Agatha was doing to her because it, yes, it's, like, both done as a joke because all the fans are going to notice this, but it's also, like, why do you look different? 
Yeah, exactly. What to your accent? Exactly. She seems like, just as confused about his. Like, appearance. granted, we're all confused. Yeah, but like, she's even more confused, and I think that was purposeful. Am I glad Evan Peters was there? No. Oh God, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> I like the original actor a lot more, at least for MCU purposes. I've Evan Peters fans don't hurt me. I also love Evan Peters, but I think the MCU Quicksilver, whose name I need to know. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay, I yeah, I'm a fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson. I like Evan Peters, but I think that like the original MCU Quicksilver was more suited for like the role of being Wanda's twin, mm. just because their personalities meshed more solidly. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. I I did lo- I agree with you on that. I did like the original Quicksilver actor better than Evan Peters because. It seemed like he fit the tone of Age of Ultron more yeah. because he was like this serious guy who's been like manipulated kind of by the government, by Ultron. Like he's very angry about what's going on with his country and like Tony, was it Tony Stark's or America's influence? Whichever influence was happening. Sorry, it's been a while since I've seen it. But he just sort of fit the tone of the MCU more than Evan Peters, who in my opinion is kind of like the, you know, the funny guy. Or like, Yeah, he's comic yeah. relief. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what he is in X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The last thing. Yeah. How do you think WandaVision ties into Multiverse of Madness? Ah. It's a hard question. It really is. And I have yet to, like, completely understand the Multiverse of Madness in itself. Mm. I think somehow, because we know that um, normally the Fantastic Four isn't included in, like, the classic MCU. Like, they have nothing to do with the Avengers. They have nothing to do with anyone else. Am I right about that? I feel like I'm right about that. Not not that not I'm aware of. Not in the conventional of. sense of, like, the Avengers. I think they're, like... I think they have a movie set up or scheduled already, but... To I'm be a not, part of Phase 4? I don't know if it's Phase 4, but I think there's been rumors. Or, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't... I think if we're going to go off of those rumors, because we learned that... um Agatha Harkness, who is Agnes, we looked it up, and she does have a role in the comics, as you said, Susan Storms and Reed's son's guardian, or protector. Yeah, and she also was involved with a lot of, like, Wanda's magical powers in the comics, like, developing those. Oh, so, like, early developing, like, during the experiment, you think? Uh, I haven't really researched that much. Maybe I'll put, maybe I'll look into it and, like, insert a clip of like what I found with that but um go on with your theory I feel like somehow they're going to tie the Fantastic Four into the MCU Hmm. and I feel like Agatha is somehow involved in that and kind of maybe trying to integrate herself into like being a trusted force for the team I suppose and like kind of portraying Wanda as insane. She could, yeah. And maybe potentially in the multiverse, Doctor Strange is like, can see all of the different possibilities and he sees the one that is right, which is that Wanda's being manipulated. And then Agatha's trying to pull like something larger over everybody else. Hmm. And I think that might be how it ties in. Okay, I can see that. That's a very vague theory and I don't know if that makes any sense for those of you who know more than I do, but... 
I, I, it could make sense. I haven't, I'm more of a DC comics person. I will admit, I don't really read a lot of Marvel stuff. So I don't really know like the comic book side of it, but I'm very interested to see where it goes um, in terms of that. But all right. Editing Madison here. I have some pretty information that I found by going down the research rabbit hole in regards to Agatha, in regards to how this connects to the multiverse of madness and other interesting movies that might pop up like Fantastic Four. But as stated earlier, Agatha sort of acts as Wanda's mentor and she's also involved with a lot of magical big level threats with the Avengers. Like she is not so much a villain, but she is kind of this kooky mother sort of figure, which I'll sort of get into. But Agatha Harkness was involved with the like Salem witch trials. She was captured and killed by being burned at the stake. And she is in her astral form when it comes to what's going on with Wanda. And Wanda, after Vision becomes dismantled and dies due to her grief, she takes... um remnants of the soul of the demon Mephisto, which I'll sort of get into later, and creates the twins from that. And she's not really aware of the fact that that happened. And so what where Agatha sort of comes into this story is she manipulates Wanda's memories to keep the trauma and the grief from harming Wanda, while also sort of having to deal with this like embodiment of chaos i don't necessarily think it's mephisto but there's like this threat that they both sort of have to come together to solve at the end of the day and it's it's kind of i since i haven't read the comments i can't necessarily explain it even further than that but i think that's what we're seeing here is agatha sort of realizing that wanda's going through grief manipulating her mind and trying to help wanda become more of a developed um magic user and As I said, Agatha is a very sort of strange figure from what I've read. Like the first thing she does when she comes back to life is she goes to a nude beach, which we can sort of see is consistent with WandaVision as a TV show. Since, you know, she's always making those weird comments and, um, you know, it's just sort of strange, like the kooky mother figure, as I said. But what's interesting to me is Mephisto, who is like this very big villain within the Marvel comics. He was involved with the creation of Ghost Rider because he created that pact with Johnny Blaze. He's also stolen the souls of um, members of the Fantastic Four, while also apparently having a few correspondence with Doctor Strange. And what's interesting to me about his character is apparently he was created by the entity that uh, produced the Infinity Stones. And he was also involved in trying to gather those for Thanos while having this ulterior motive of wanting the power for himself. And so what I think we're going to see is Mephisto being set up as the next big baddie of the MCU universe. And I'm not exactly sure how this connects to the Multiverse of Madness. There are a few stories that I've read where he's involved with Doctor Strange. He allegedly stole Doctor Doom's mother. And he was also involved in this storyline with Doctor Strange where Hydra basically bombed Las Vegas and they lost a few citizens. And so Doctor Strange restores the lives of those people. Um, And 
Mephisto, seeing this, decides to bring Doctor Strange to Hotel Inferno because he claims that the remnants of Las Vegas were um, basically they belonged to him. And so this causes Hotel Inferno to have an effect on the Las Vegas people. Um, they're sort of characters are sort of turned into like these ghost writer like creatures. Um, and so Doctor Strange sort of wants to fight Mephisto. And what he does is they play like a game of blackjack, which I think would probably be if that storyline is taken into the MCU, I'm pretty sure it would sort of change. But Mephisto says, like, he'll return his souls to Las Vegas if Doctor Strange wins, and Doctor Strange, his soul would get claimed by Mephisto if Mephisto won. And Doctor Strange did win, but he cheated, and there's this whole thing where he sort of tortures Doctor Strange, and, you know, and I don't know if that necessarily relates to the multiverse of madness, but I think maybe Mephisto will be, like, introduced within that series. So it's pretty interesting the rabbit hole that I went down. I hope I covered everything because there was a lot, but maybe within the next episode where we, you know, wrap up the series and talk about that, I'll have more research to come because I'm very interested in getting back into the comics, but back to the podcast. Me too. I'm like, I'm so excited for the multiverse of madness because we were talking and conceptually, I think Dr. Strange is an amazing movie. Yes. Yes. So I'm very excited to see where it goes. I am as well. He's just, I like the whole lore behind their magical system. And I like the rules that they have set up and all the different spells and artifacts. And it's fascinating. And I'm glad that they're going to sort of develop the magic. It's very much reminiscent of like spirituality. Like, yeah, it's talked about now because they're talking about, oh, the fifth dimension, the fourth, like this dimension versus the fifth dimension. And that's like more of a cosmic thing. Mm -hmm. That's very much a spiritual thing. Oh, and very much like how tarot works, like I guess from my perspective as, as someone who like reads tarot, mm-hmm. that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Or like on a level, like you communicate with like your spirit guides in the fifth dimension, and like that's why I liked it so much because I was like, wow, this is like a visual res- representation of the power that like you can supposedly have mm-hmm. as someone who believes in these things. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but. That was immediately what I thought when I watched it. I was like, that is very cool. Hmm. So, hot take. We enjoy WandaVision now. <laughs> Some, yeah, I enjoy it now, but I think it, the first few episodes were rough. A little confusing, but we're getting there, and it's it's honestly just getting better. Yeah. We'll probably do a, like, finale episode, I would say, once we finish it and we finally know Yeah, like, once the season's over. On. Yeah. And then I think if if there is a season two, maybe we could do predictions down the line. Yeah. Cool. That sounds good. All right. All right. Well, well that's our two cents, y'all. Um, follow us on socials. Follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Canoon. So K-E-N-O-U-N. Follow me, Wolf Silhouettes. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> you can <laughs> but... find it. I'll put our names in our um, Instagram bio, like our handles. That might be better. Yeah. Just... And then click on those. So follow us at fangirl files podcast on instagram and at fangirl files pod on twitter even though our twitter like never gets used i'm working on it i promise give us your hot wandavision takes where you think this is gonna go especially if you have comic book knowledge um and yeah yeah and also subscribe to our uh, youtube channel 
because yep. we are going to start posting some supplemental content for you guys. Oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh yeah, the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be. It's great. gonna be a great time. Yeah. All right. All right. Get the fuck out. Yeah. See ya. Configuring the Bluetooth, deciding who controls the music, avoiding potholes, remembering where you parked. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners Insurance, getting the right coverage for your vehicle doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who live in your community and answer when you call, so you can get back to more important things, like remembering if you're on the third or fourth level of the parking garage. That's simple human sense. Ask your independent agent if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Hey guys, I'm Serafina, and thanks for listening to SGP Radio. Stream our podcast and more across SGP Radio platforms, including the Brandon Gerald Productions app for iOS and Android. Or you can visit www.bgpllcapp.com. Stream, download, listen, like, Share, subscribe, repost, binge, and enjoy this podcast and so much others like Not Your Token Black Girl, Working Gals Guide, Black Girl Storytime, Juice Pro Wrestling, Black Guy Wrestling, and Podcasts About Nothing. We have so much more on our stations. Tell it for her, noir, and wrestling fans, including SGP Radio Originals and our blogs. Enjoy. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Crunchy Bars. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Delicious and convenient, both their toasted almond and lemon almond flavors have two grams of net carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein, all in a satisfying crunch. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Bars are now available in the granola bar aisle at Walmart. As a small business owner, you're redefining business as usual. From rethinking the way you work to reassessing your bandwidth, you're changing the way you do business. And at Cox Business, so are we. With flexible internet packages to get you back to business. Rethink. Reconnect. Reimagine. Get 50 megs of internet for only $70 per month for six months. No annual contract required. Ends 12-31-20. Restrictions apply. Visit coxbusiness.com for details. All services subject to Cox Business General Terms.